I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So please, keep your hands inside the podcast at all times. Is that the first? <laughs> that's the first thing people are going to hear. We need to keep that in. No, I well, it'll scare okay. them because it'll oh, be like, fair. I'm Claire Manship and I'm Ian Brodsky and this is the thing that happened this week. Bam! Like, yeah. <laughs> a nightmare. Okay. Um, yeah, it'll be like, what, what's the one that you do that really, you do the funny sing-song voice. It's the, um, uh, oh, fuck, um, bottoms up and up your bottoms. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hate that one. But we've recorded, for dedicated listeners of the show, we've yes. recorded like 15 intros, but for some reason I have trouble rotating them. Like I have, I definitely have favorites. Yeah. I try to use them all, but there are some that are just like a minute long. Yeah. AKA like ones that I keep talking. The, the LaGuardia <laughs> one is long. The LaGuardia one I only put on episodes where, this is like a little like Easter egg, I only put on episodes where we mentioned like flying. <laughs> like I only put it on episodes. Clever. I didn't mean to, but then I started to notice that it was on my brain. Like I'll listen to the episode and I'll be editing and it'll be like, um, we'll mention something about like the M60 bus or the Q70. When did mm-hmm. we ever talk about the Q70? But you know what I mean. And, you know, people, Manhattan buses, exactly. everyone who listens to the show does not live here. Nah. It's a great way to start the show. Just by completely great. just being like, yeah, the, the M60, the, the select bus service. There is a song by, um, fuck, is it, is it Vampire Weekend? There's a song, I don't want to get this wrong. Yes, it's by Vampire Weekend. I thought it might have been Foster the People, but it's Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. And those guys are a band that like set up shop at Columbia before yeah. they like, really hit it big. And they have a song where they mention like riding in the back of the M60, like making out. And I was like, ha yeah. that sounds gross. Well, one, <laughs> of their, well, one of their like biggest songs, it's like they talk like all about the city. Like, oh, well, Pumped Up Kicks is their big one. No, no, that's, that's Foster, Foster the, the People. people. Fuck! Um, oh, what? They're not interchangeable. It's just that not, I... But, I mean, they kind of are because they're two, like... They were hot alt, at the same time. And they're two, like, all, like, fully white guy bands that are, like... But Torches by Foster the People mm-hmm. and Vampire Weekend's, like, debut album came out at the same time, and I think mm-hmm. I was rotating them. This was when that CDs sense. were still a thing. Exactly. And I had a boyfriend who went to UVA and I used to listen to both albums kind of like on uh, that and the 500 Days of Summer. Oh, that's a good soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack, but that was like the time of soundtracks, right? Oh, yeah. Soundtracks were having a hot minute. Yep. It was like it started with Garden State and ended with 500 Days of Summer. I would would agree. I would 100% agree. Um, but We've I, done that before on the show, right? When we used to do we, Desert Island, we did sound like movie soundtracks. I'm sure we did. Or no, we did scores, movie scores, movie scores. Oh yeah. Gosh, we've done we so many episodes, right? Oh, good for us. I know. Uh-huh. I know that we've definitely. I mentioned it like six weeks in a row, but I know that we're definitely way past the one year mark because your birthday happened. Because my birthday happened. My birthday yes! happened this week. Happy birthday! Thank you. Oh, that other voice is our is our guest coming up. She's yes. amazing. Yes, we have a guest. Yes. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to NPR yes. Pop Culture Happy Hour. Welcome. Oh my God! Can you imagine if um, Pop Culture Happy Hour was like that? I would not listen. I would not. I, listen I, at all. No, no, because I'd be like, "What are these like yuppity motherfuckers NPR, know about pop culture?" NPR has successfully gone from the yuppiest thing in America to the most accessible, coolest thing in America. Oh yeah. I don't. I. I, it, I, I partially really think it's because of podcasts. I. I think it's because of podcasting and the hipster movement. Mm. Because NPR is like such a hipstery like 
like uh, touchstone. It really is. But like then it's like, but then people realize, oh, this is actually good. And then for NPR, it's like, oh, we're actually getting money and listenership out of this. Like we can expand. So any show that sets up at the Bell House in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. full on hipster. Oh yeah, that's what makes me sad that Throwing Shade does their shows at the Bell House because I really feel like Throwing Shade are my people. Mm-hmm. But the moment you do something at the Bell House, it is over. But you then are a, a fucking hipster. But then again, like the hipster thing is so sold out in its own right since like 2013. Like the hipster movement has like come and gone, but now like yes. the hipster thing is like its but own it's like stereotype like of its. Know, yes, yeah. they know that they're they yeah. I have a theory that mm-hmm. just came to my mind, but I'm going to pretend that it was a full-time theory. Go for it. If you can take the four train to it, it sucks. Oh, I agree. Okay. I agree. Any any restaurant or club or anything, Upper East Side, Kipps Bay, Murray Hill, it's shitty. We, if, don't, we don't party there anymore if, for exactly that reason. Exactly. Sorry for everyone who likes that shit. Right. And then if you take the four to Crown Heights, Utica Avenue, anything on the way is like hippity-hoppity-hoo. See, I've never, like, if I know that I'm going to have to take the shuttle at Gra- uh, to Grand Central to transfer, I'm automatically, like, less inclined to go through with it. Yeah. Despite the fact that I probably will. Um... Because it's just just so out of the way. I just don't like it. I don't like it. You're so exasperated. Yeah. Wait, where does does Stan live? For our guests and for our listeners. Stan is uh, Ian's... The the current main squeeze. Yes. Yeah. His his boyfriend. Exactly. (laughs) There's going to be like five people listening to that that aren't going to know we're serious for a minute. Or that aren't going to know we're not serious for a minute. And then go... I knew it. I do wonder when the podcast like first became known to people, we had been doing it like almost six months when, when we had our first like big episode. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, I just wonder if people listening to it were like, just get to the interview. Who the fuck are you? Right. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's at least two people. I'm super, so what's funny is I, we did that interview with um, Kevin T. Porter mm-hmm. of The Gilmo Guys. And hi, Kevin. Hi, friend of the podcast. Hi. And hi, Demi. And um, <laughs> and then a couple weeks later on The Gilmore Guys podcast, Kevin was like, yeah, I've done some podcasts recently. If you just search Kevin T. Porter in the LA, I, like he did it for us. Right. And our listeners went up like majorly. So I was surprised yeah. that people weren't writing into the show being like, who the fuck do you think you are? Hey. We're here for Kevin. Like, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. It's nice to look back on a year of a passion project. Right. I told someone today, we talk about this all the time, but yeah. I told someone today that um, I had this as like my side hustle, whatever, my passion project. I guess mm-hmm. it's not a hustle. We're not making money. But um, <laughs> did you know you're not getting paid today, Rebecca? Do you know what if you could make money? I, we, you don't tr- say. We have tried say. so hard, but it's really, really, it's really hard, hard to get sponsorship for this. We wanted to move it so many different places I would love honestly I would I would forsake the entire concept of the show if someone was like would you all come and do a show I would be open to it oh I'd be so so open to it yeah so so open so open so open yeah um what were we talking oh it it was just like people are still shocked like yeah like our closest friends are still shocked when we're like yeah i have been doing this thing every thursday night i I forget who i was talking to but they're like yeah didn't i see like you're like doing something like you're like you were talking about it like like uh, quite a bit lately and and i was like you mean my yammering on (laughs) i was like you mean the podcast that i've been doing for a year oh my god and he was like yeah that and i'm like oh well yeah that like that's such second nature to me now that like 
Um, it's that's my nightmare. Like, yeah. It's it's honestly it's a social it's a millennial social nightmare to have to justify to someone why something you think is cool should be something they think is cool. Right. So when I mention the podcast even though I personally don't feel that what we're doing is like throwawayable, I try to avoid it if they don't get it the first time. If they ask That's, too many questions, it's like for the for a certain kind of person, they're being disingenuous about like, oh, I should listen to that, and you're like, you're not gonna fucking listen yeah. to my show, like, fuck you, like. That's that's when I always go like, I hope you do. I well, yeah. I mean, in the early days, I was like, yeah, you totally should, and now I'm just like, yeah, if you listen to podcasts, and they're like, you know, I never have before, but I will now, and I'm like, you are not gonna just sure. pick up the habit of listening to po- people. Just don't know what podcasts are. Yeah, and so being part of like a. M- microcosm of this community makes mm-hmm. me like want to explain it but it's so much work it's just a lot fuck, yeah. the table. it's cool it's just so much work to yeah. explain to people yeah what was your first podcast my first podcast i ever listened to yeah it was oh i hope you're not mad about this it's really shitty what <laughs> was cereal so oh yeah. yeah 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 that got a lot of people into it i ooh, was it I think it was cereal. Yeah, That's it was cool. cereal, and then shortly thereafter, throwing shade. Okay. Yeah, and I think I only got I only listened to cereal because mm, no, you know what? I take this back because I know that I listened to cereal because they had Sarah Koenig on Pop Culture Happy Hour. So my oh. first one was Pop Culture Happy Hour. Got it. Got it. Got it. It was NPR. So I am a purist. <laughs> Clearly. And fuck everyone else. Exactly. If you listen to podcasts on Spotify, you can go. Okay. I'm listening on NPR One. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine like, if, I act, if I actually downloaded NPR One? They are pushing that shit. They man. are. They have been working so hard to get people well, to push that shit. I didn't realize because my first podcast I listened through an app because I didn't realize like. I could have just downloaded it from Apple Podcasts. Right. So I That's not been, something that Fancy Best Buy is like telling people about. I mean, and that was before, way before I worked there. Jesus. So Ian works, the, the name of his job is Fancy Best Buy. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, it's right. perfect. Um, but like I was listening to it on an app for the longest time what before. App? Stitcher? Uh, no, it was, um, it was, uh, How Was Your Week by Julie Klausner. Um, oh. creator of Difficult People. Yes. And, I had only known about this just episode brought I, to you by difficult people. Uh, I wish, um, and then <laughs> I, and then like I had only known about it because I had like looked her up and found out about it, and then I was looking into other podcasts. I'm like, oh, this is literally all right in one place. Like yeah. I don't like not everything is like a separate thing. So it was it was a real journey to say the least. Yeah, honey, don't stop believing. <laughs> exactly. Boom. All right, are we ready to introduce yeah. our special guest? Yeah, you want to do the honors? Oh, yes. I'm going to turn the mic, and the theme music plays right here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen out there in the podscape, we have a very... The podscape. I like that, though. The podscape, honey, where it, it's in the universe, it's in our ears. Welcome to the podscape. Yeah. Yeah. One of my dearest friends in the whole world is sitting next to me. She is a gorgeous, incredible, unbelievably intelligent, powerful, efficient, genius of a woman. Did I ever say genius? Because she's a genius. Great. Yes. Can't live up to this. Yeah, no, you totally can't. She is one of the amazing minds behind Refinery29, a managing editor over there. She has had a meteoric rise at the magazine. Right? Is a magazine an online publication? Media platform. Media platform. Mm-hmm. I like that. Please welcome Rebecca Smith. 
Hi guys. Hey. Hello. How you doing? Good. Good. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Oh my yeah. gosh. Have you done Have you done a podcast before? No. <gasps> Welcome. Excited. We've had a few podcast virgins. Yeah. I feel like we're 50-50. Some of our guests. I, yeah. Actually, it's like 25-25-50. 25 host podcast, 25 been on podcast, and then 50% have never had podcast. I feel like 25% that host podcast is high. Well, what's nice about podcasting is that we reach out in reciprocity. Yeah, yeah. yeah because no, I mean, none of us are getting fucking paid right. for this. Come on. Yeah. Also, like when you have a podcast, a lot of other people you know probably have a podcast. Yes, that's true. Except us. We're the only people with a podcast in New York City. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Wow. I just found this out. Like, yeah, like just two days ago, like that statistic came in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah LA. Definitely. 60,000 of them, but exactly. here, just us. Just, just us. Like, it's a real niche market on this yeah, coast. It's really us against the world, honestly. <laughs> I would say so. It's very Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I felt like it was a great <laughs> reference. Um, but question. Did we meet real brief at that 29 Rooms event last year? <gasps> I yes! would have been there, so yes. Because, like, I... Cause... Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah. I pitched Ian this podcast on the train on the way down to 29 Rooms. So yeah. really, Refinery29 is responsible for the success of this podcast. It really is. Yeah. You know when we said before that we would throw away our entire concept and come work <laughs> for someone else? I think it's time. I, I think it's really time. I think this is, <laughs> this is it. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so funny because I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for, like, any, any publication, site really anything that empowers women and I think that Refinery and Friend of the Pod Elisa Benson from Cosmopolitan would yeah. agree I mean the, those two publications are really my bread and butter every single day and it Thank really you. that's so nice it's the fucking truth girl I mean honestly Refinery I was just right before you came in rehashing the Snapchat story of Refinery from the day oh yeah oh yeah oh and Rebecca you were on the Snapchat story why is it not horoscope to... day no 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 not today <laughs> I'm in the horoscope art so oh, whenever cool. there's horoscopes my face. God, That's it's awesome. It's so, so dreary. Okay, so talk us through. Yeah. Rebecca and I went to the same alma mater mm-hmm. and didn't know each other very well there, but then connected since we came to New York. Yes. Were you at Refinery since graduation? Or how, how did this all come to be? Um, I am one of those crazy people who decided I was going to move to the city without a job because I knew I wanted to be here, so I just did. Hey, girl. Um, so I came with six months rent, and it was like, you get a job or you go home. And at the time, I would have thought that I was the biggest failure, so I'm glad it didn't happen. Oh, my but God. But to the people who, like, had to go home, you're not a failure. Now I look back at it, and I'm like, damn, I was so rude to myself. So I moved here. I was four months into the six months when I got a job offer at Refining29 and another publication, actually the same day. Mm-hmm. And wow. I was literally at the point, it was October, and I needed to go home and just, like, after Christmas. Sure. So I was already, like shit, am I going to have to break my, like, lease? Like, what's going to happen? Right. Um, it was Hurricane Sandy, actually, because I had evacuated my apartment. Oh, wow. my God. Um, Where were you living? I lived in Chinatown at the time, right Ooh. on the water, basically. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Um, so we were evacuated. My building itself flooded, but not my apartment, because I was a fifth-floor walk-up. So sometimes being poor really helps you out. <laughs> um, so I was actually, I had gone up to the Upper West Side to stay with a friend, and I was taking the bus for the first time down to see, like, do I still have belongings? Like, what's going on? And I checked my email on my phone. And they were like, we normally would call you. But because of everything going on, we're emailing you. Congratulations. Do you want this job? <gasps> That's oh amazing. My God. Um, so what was the position you first interviewed so for? So it was, well, the first position I interviewed for was actually an 
email um, production assistant. Great. Did not get that one. Okay. Kept in touch with the people who I interviewed with, and they ended up reaching out to me like a month later saying, we actually have this position we think you'd be perfect for. Wow. So Amazing. I came back and interviewed. And so that was an assistant SEO editor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of Google search traffic for Refinery29. That's like really what I started was the strategy around Google. Um, so it was that to full SEO editor to senior audience development editor, so kind of working on email and social and other things as well, to director of content strategy in January, to managing editor in June. Quick. Amazing. Yeah, that one was fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's incredible. It's been a ride, so f- almost five years in November. So oh, wow. you have an assistant, and then how many other people do you oversee? I don't have a personal assistant. No, but an assistant at the office, right? Do you have someone on your desk? Not exactly. I have okay. a team of... Team is better. Team is so much better. (laughs) So I have, I'm trying to think because we have two new people starting Monday. So when they come in, it'll be a team of six. Nice. And you're one of the six or you're seven? Um, I'm seven. Lucky number seven. Hey, Hey, no one is like my personal assistant. Like there are people who help the team who all do work and I need them, but I don't have anyone who like gets me coffee. Okay. I understand. I understand. Um, you are 28 now? 27. 27, not meaning to age you up. <laughs> I can't she, wait to be 28. She's just a right? star, honey. No, I think 28 is going to be the best year of my 20s, and I've thought this really? since I was 7 years old. You like even numbers. I don't actually know what it is. My favorite number is 11, so I don't know what it is, but I just have decided 28 was going to be the best year. So for me, it's 27. I was mm. just talking to someone about this, but I was rereading Amy Poehler's book, mm-hmm. Yes, Please, every week. If you have a, I mean, where have you been? Come on. <laughs> you gotta. Go fucking read it. Um, but she mentions in one of the early chapters of the book that she, when she was a kid, went on a field trip to tour 30 Rock. Yeah. And people ask her about that experience. Like, oh, did you know then that you'd be on SNL? And she's like, I could pretend that the answer is no, but the answer is yes. Like, we have to listen to those little voices that tell us something big is coming. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I have, I mean, I don't want to, I'm docking on the table, listeners. I don't want to fuck it up. But I, I have that feeling about 27, the way you feel about yeah. 28. Yeah. Yeah, and like I have no idea what's gonna happen. I just have decided it's gonna be. Well, I go on a sabbatical when I'm 28 because you get really? like a paid month sabbatical at Refinery. Wow, four years full time. So what like, will I know you do with that. that time? I've fully decided yet. I know I'm gonna go to Spain. That's the only thing I know for sure because I've never been. It's amazing. Um, but the rest I haven't decided yet. So we'll figure that out. Does cool. it? Does it feel? I mean, I, I I will say this openly, and I've said it to you yeah. before, but being. As young and as capable and incredible as you are, do you, I mean, you must feel like you're trailblazing your own career. It's, it's exciting because you're, you're still have so many years ahead to do whatever you want in this totally. field. It's so exciting. I'll say, I don't know if I feel like I'm a trailblazer because there are a lot of really, really great young people in media. It goes Gloria Steinem, <laughs> Rebecca Smith, Oprah That's, Winfrey. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely above Oprah. <laughs> Um, I, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a few yeah, yeah. million dollars. Like, what does she have? <sighs> Idiot. And her whole, um, like, <laughs> promised land. That's what she calls her house and all of her property is Wait, the really? promised land. What? I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, she just did a great feature in Vogue, like, two months ago. And she talks all about her house. What? And how she gets these, like, custom bathtubs that are, like, made for her body. And her land is called, her house is called the promised land. Because... To her, having a black woman who could have all of that property and own it is the promised land. And so she reached mm. that. It's very poetic. Okay, so yes. you have now been at Refinery six years? Almost five. Almost five. Okay. Yeah, next month. Amazing. Two months, November. And 
what would you say are like your top three favorite things you've experienced there oh, so far? What a hard question. I mean, I think my number one will and always be the first person that I got to hire because I really, really like helping other people's career. So I was so excited to hire someone. My first hire was three years older than me. And it was, she now works at the Washington Post. She <gasps> leads content strategy there. She's wonderful. Um, her name wow. is Everdeen. I love her. It was definitely probably the largest learning experience because shaping someone else and learning how to communicate with someone else every minute of basically every day was a lot, but it was wonderful and shaped my career probably the most. Um, I would definitely say the first 29 rooms. I feel like that's the first time that I got to feel the feeling that I go to work in a much more tangible way and I could show other people. When was that? When was that first? Three years ago. Okay. Um, So it was actually the 10th anniversary of Refinery29. Got it. Yeah. I've had a lot of things that I've loved. Maybe going to South By last year, um, representing Refinery at South By. That was really, really surreal experience. Can you talk about the panel you spoke on? Yeah, I spoke on a panel. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ian is, like, shocked. (laughs) But I didn't – normally I brief Ian on anyone coming in. I was just about to ask. I'm so sorry. So remind me what we're getting into today, And but she knocked on the door, and I was like, okay, I'll just go along. Remind me what we're getting into. Like, my fucking friend is going (laughs) to (laughs) run. So, yes. Well, I'm not a serial killer, so that's that's good. good. Yeah, because you're in his home. Thank God. I don't feel like doing that Christian bail cleanup. Yeah, I've been really (laughs) awkward. It's a lot of work. It's hip to be Um, I, yes, I didn't brief Ian. So, for a second, (laughs) let me brag on my my friend Rebecca. I feel like you already did that in the Uh, intro. Oh, honey, I haven't even started. I love you so, so much. She spoke on a panel at South by last year in Austin. She's incredible. Um... She also is one of the go-to television recappers at Refinery Tonight, oh, particularly nice. Pretty Little Liars, which is a <laughs> passion of the two of us. I whole Pretty Little Liars thing, and the so fact that there's now going to be the spinoff, I'm like, wait, spin-off. am I now supposed to go back into recapping that too when I finally got my freedom back for the first time mm. in years? And yeah. I, I haven't decided yet. Maybe you guys can help me later. Well, we can definitely talk it out. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, so uh, South By, yes. South By. Um, so it was a panel about how media companies get traffic today and kind of what it looks like where we know some platforms like Facebook are bringing less visits to .com because they're becoming so video focused and what does it look like. I'm particularly focusing on search since that's always been my primary like expertise. Um, it was great. I actually, Everdeen, the woman I spoke about, she was at Washington Post, so she came and got to do it. And then another one of my formal co- former colleagues who now works at Domino, but at the time was at Thrillist. Great. And then this one man at Daily Love Beast, who Thrillist. I never met. Yeah. Um, so it was a really great, diverse group of people. We all had different specialties. It was amazing. And then afterwards, we got tacos. So cool. it, was, it was a win-win. Sounds amazing. Exactly. Networking over tacos? It's like that's, my dream. That's really what South By is. You meet people, and then you're like, hey, we should hang out. And then you go get tacos, and you talk about your jobs with the people over tacos. Like, yeah. that is all of South By right there. Nice. That sounds amazing. I don't think I ever really knew that about South By, just because I've known it as, like, the music festival. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that it was, like, networking and, like, all these South other things. South By has become predominantly tech-based. Like, things will drop, like, tech, and, like, obviously it's become, like, there's a film festival and a television festival yeah. in it. Like, there's a lot of different tracks. So I was there for the digital media track. Okay. So most of the time I was talking to publishers. Okay. Um, and people who work at different media companies. But yeah, there's like the digital media, the music, film, interactive, and tech all kind of at the same time. Totally. 
Are there publications that are your go-tos? Like, when you pull up the computer on a Saturday in bed, what are, like, the five sites you go to first in terms of content or fun or clickbait or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be lame, and clearly the first one's always Refinery. That's what I get paid to do. Is it your your homepage? No, it's not my homepage. I don't think I have anything set as my homepage, I don't either. It's just like like Google bar. It's like when I open my computer, I automatically type in refinery29.com, like even if that's not what I'm trying to do. Like if I'm trying to buy plane tickets, that's where my first That's how I I press G for Gmail. I just go G, enter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really love Vulture TV coverage. I think it's great. So I am that person who like when I'm done with my TV show, I automatically like go read the recap. Okay. So their one. The rest, I'm really old-fashioned, and I read a lot of print magazines still. Wow. So, yeah. She's keeping it alive. No, I think I might, by all myself, be keeping it alive. I subscribe <gasps> to, like, 10 magazines, 12 magazines. I subscribe Sweet. to two, ma- three magazines. I get Elle, Cosmo, and Food and Wine. So I get Elle, Cosmo, New York, New Yorker, Atlantic, Vogue, Marie Claire, Fast & Co., uh, I'm trying to think what else do I I get? also subscribe to Backstage. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that Back, would be, I'm an actor. Right. Have you heard that. Broadway? Well, welcome to the thing that happened this week. <laughs> Where Claire is starting a brand new career. <laughs> As of today... Actually, really this is really where well, this is the introduction of that. Yes. Oh, yes. That's the reason why we have you here. Yeah. I've really never done an audition in my life, but Brenda loves a good audition and hates an interview. Yes, exactly. This is a character Brenda's that I'm developing only. really shittily on the show named Brenda. And Brenda Brenda just loves to express herself, but doesn't like to share secrets. <laughs> That's a good one. She always just does one like thing and then hates, hates another. The other. I feel like, but I feel like that one you just said would be like her business card uh-huh. or like like her tagline on her website. Like, yeah. Brenda loves to expose her feelings but doesn't want to share the details. Exactly. <laughs> just a psycho. Brenda I think that actually describes me. a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brenda's type A, but really type B, if you know what I mean. Brenda's, a, Brenda's <laughs> an extrovert, but really an introvert at the same time. Oh my god, and thus endeth the, the first, first tangent. tangent. Okay, so <laughs> um, you're keeping print alive yeah. simultaneously by yourself. Yeah, exactly. And besides print publications, are you are you reading anything? Any authors you love? Any oh, there's books, so many authors Books on your bedside table? Um, and lots of books on my bedside table. Um. Rebecca Traster, I think she's one of the best writers. She writes a lot for New York. She's done so much on Hillary Clinton. Mm. Um, she, I think, writes the most thought-provoking pieces on her. She's definitely a supporter, but she's also one of her biggest critics at the same time. Right. Um, I love... But her emails! The emails! But her emails, guys. <laughs> but sorry. her emails. I cut you off. I just love the emails. I just love how that Especially now that um, basically all of Trump's aides are also using personal emails. I was going to say, like, I cannot start a second tangent on the emails, mm-hmm. but God, thank you for emails. bringing it up. Yeah, because, I just... And that's all I'll say on, that's all I'll say on it, yeah. because I'm with you on that. I cut you off. I am so sorry. No, you're good. I, this, I'm sorry. The, I mean, ended. things that I'm reading, <laughs> I am that person who's always in the middle of, like, five books. Okay. Um, nice. Clearly the most important is I just recently joined a reread Harry Potter book club. Ooh, um, yes. <laughs> it's all Harry Potter fans. You had to have read it through at least twice before to be admitted oh, into the club. Mm. We just finished the first one, so now we're rereading the second one. Okay. And then we discuss, and we literally talked about Harry Potter for three and a half hours, and it's great. So that will be one of them. Um, I'm 
reading finally this makes me sound like a horrible writer the year of magical thinking by joan didion oh my god no Um, but i mean it's a favorite for a reason yeah well the first time i tried to read it i'd actually just lost someone that i really cared about and it was too hard so i'm like now going back so i'm like okay it's like reading tuesdays with maury when you're sad work i've never read that no it's not as good as the five people you meet in heaven but they're equally sad i did read tuesdays with maury not the five people you meet you meet in heaven because I had to read Tuesdays with Maury for a class, but I was like, this is oh, sad, but I love it. The five people. Yeah. I, it, I have to read it for high school health co- uh, class. Health interesting. class? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, for, I mean, I forget exactly what the topic was, but like, I'm really glad that like, I did. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just one of those books where I was just like, I'm, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad I put myself through this. Yeah. yeah. The one that did that for me was Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember mm-hmm. I had to read it for, obviously, for a class, like we all did. And um, I remember being worried I wouldn't connect with it because I had just read To Kill a Mockingbird right before, and yeah. that book is just not for me. Oh, no. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird's not for you? No, because... Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's the format in which it's written. Like, I'm, uh, like, the reason I read so much Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald and Roald Dahl is because I like, like, short sentences with no prepositions. Mm. And so reading To Kill a Mockingbird, I mean, she would use full paragraphs to describe the way that Boo Radley, like, stands in a corner, which I love if it was a painting. See, I, <laughs> see okay. I am the opposite. I love To Kill a Mockingbird, and I read Gatsby. I, didn't, I never had to read it for class, but I read it, um... You didn't have to read Great Gatsby in school? No. Did you read oh, The Red Badge of Courage? No. Lord of the Flies? Yes. Uh, Things Fall Apart? No. Oh, okay. I, was like, I mean, and it's like, I had a really great, like, English education in yeah. high school. But, like, I just didn't read a lot of things that other people did. And I know there were Did you read people, The Jungle? I didn't. No. Um, but oh my God, I did Sinclair, man. But I know other people, like, in my school were reading Gatsby. So I finally read it, like, going into my senior year of college. Sure. And, like, I just didn't really connect with it. I but, don't like Gatsby at all, actually. But, like, I, I mean, and I can get into this later. Is but it because like, of the story or the way it's written? Because I know a lot of people fucking hate that story. Both. Which I could see. Yeah, but I'm planning on rereading it. Oh, I mean, there's two like, chapters sure. on a billboard with yeah. glasses. Like, I, I understand why people don't like it that I much. also, I am someone, <laughs> I have a really hard time if I don't connect with any character. Like, if I think you're all shitheads and, the, like, I just don't want to read about you. Fair. It's why I can't watch House of Cards. And if I don't mm. connect, and if I don't connect, I don't remember what goes on. So, I can't answer a single question about that book except for, like, the outside research I've done for, like, other purposes. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, don't remember okay. what happens in that book. Spoiler alert, he dies I in knew a pool. That. I knew that I remember because I was like, wait, did he did, dress? Let did me you, go back. Did you watch the, like, Leo DiCaprio version? I wanted to. I just never had the chance to the see Baz, it. Okay. The Baz. The Baz Luhrmann one. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann is hard for He's me, too. That's a lot. I don't think that that would be my ideal pairing for that. I feel like mm. I'd rather have that been, like, a Scorsese. Like, if I could do Gatsby mm. in the world of Gangs of New York, I would be like, pop, pop. I just didn't think we needed to remake it. But I think it's because I hate it so much. That and Romeo and Juliet. I hate Romeo and Juliet. And we Lana Del Rey? Nope. Yes. Yes. Which is also Um, That's just me. She's so tired all the time. She's just so tired. (laughs) See, okay. I mean, like, this is obviously an audio medium, but when I was like, when I just, like, knocked Lana Del Rey, Rebecca, like, kind of sat back and, like, looked at me, like, excuse me, what did you just say? No, I actually agree with you, but that's what made me look at you. Because I feel like normally when I shade her, I get a lot of, like, no, let What's her that? live. Let her live. Right? I'm like, I don't... I, I, okay, fine. I'm sorry. Lana Del Rey, you'll never be fucking Sia. That's all I have to say about that. 100%. Fair. You know what I, I mean? 
that's kind of how I feel about Lord a little bit. But Lord is oh, like I like Lord. Lord I is do. doing Lord, so I'm just gonna let it be. But I feel like Lana is trying to sound just as India as she can. See, that's why I think it's, it's like, like Lana Del Rey. You'll never be Lord. But like, I agree. I think that Lord actually is very authentic. I th- I like that Lord is doing Lord. But if I have to listen, between the three of them have uh-huh. to listen to, like, sad, like, talking into screlting music, it's going to be Sia. Like, hands oh. fucking down. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like mean, she's just, and she's just genuinely talented. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sia's My Love, I think, was on repeat for, like, three years for me. Nice. Like, yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's insane what she can do with her voice. Yeah. It's insane. It's like she breaks riffs apart across full bars of music. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. And then there's, I mean, obviously other queens. Like if, like if I put those in one category, then I have to put like Beyonce and Adele. Wait, so in their who's own in your world. queens category? Queens of music, of just life. Um, queens of life. Bernadette Peters. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, another queen of life. Uh, uh, like Hoda Kotb and Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, uh, Tina and Amy. Mindy Kaling. Mindy. Uh, Mindy is my like number one queen. <laughs> Um, my sister writes her letters. Mindy doesn't write back, but my sister's written Mindy letters. Well, wow. Mindy's Mindy's very pregnant, so I'm sure she's. That's very one busy. of the things she's writing letters about is how excited she is that Mindy's pregnant. Oh, that's wonderful. She's my sister's very girl. nice, stalkerish, but nice. Yeah. Um, not that she's stalkerish, that she's very nice. Um, that's very thoughtful because fan letters not a thing anymore. <laughs> that's true. Um, except to Santa. Um, Always. Let's see who else are my queens. I just had someone on the tip of my tongue, like um, Cheryl Sandberg, Doctor Wednesday Martin. Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. <laughs> the notorious RPG. Exactly. <laughs> All of those women just get in one big car and drive <laughs> to my house. Like, I would love that. And rolling up, you just hear, I'm a boss ass bitch, bitch. bitch yes. Bitch. <laughs> Florence, friend of the pod, Florence yes. Freeba. We did a desert island of, yeah, of powerful ladies you would take with you. Oof. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if, if I could take dead ladies, I mean, it would just go on forever. <laughs> it would just go on, I mean, literally forever. It would, but I'm also just imagining, like, you with, like, a boat of, like, dead lady corpses. Meryl! <gasps> you almost left Meryl behind. You almost. She but, almost didn't make it to the island. But today I was thinking about this because I, I heard it somewhere. I was watching it on TV or something. Who is the person? Rebecca, this is a good question for you. Okay. One person currently alive. Yeah. If you could have a lunch or a dinner with them. Just like write this. Sentence. I have such a boring answer to this, and like it's not. I want to hear it. Okay, mine would be Sophia Bush. This sounds really lame. Sophia Bush, like you like to be on One Tree Hill. Yes, I think that she is one of the most interesting celebrities to me, and the fact that I actually generally believe that she is friends with all the people that are on her like social media feed, and I feel like her whole life has been about how can I be the best friend possible, and that's how I live my life. Mm. Like it's like really friendship cool. is number one, and I feel that same thing from her. And she actually helps people. And then the fact that she was on One Tree Hill and it was a very important part of my childhood. Yes. But I just like, I don't know, when I go through her feeds, I feel like humanity is going to be better because there are people, even if they're rich and famous, that truly just like want to be good friends out there. Amazing. And that is like the whole core of my life. That sounds incredible. What would yours be? Stanley Tucci. That's a good one. You'd have a great lunch. Stanley Tucci, I truly believe, is the greatest living actor. 
I don't disagree. I mean, Tom Hanks is America's dad, but when it comes to, like, men that are laying it down and are literally amorphous in every role, it's Stanley fucking Tucci. Yeah. Like, With or without Meryl Streep, he's a god. You can, yeah. like, see him in any movie and be like, is that, holy shit, that's Stanley Tucci? Yeah, and he's Stanley. in most movies, I feel and like. he's in most movies. I know. When you look at a trailer and he comes up, you're like, ah, oh, you again. Right. <laughs> what about you? Honestly, like, it's kind of in the same vein as you, Rebecca. Yeah. Mine, I think it would be Jason Mraz. Okay. Because he has been, my, like, one of my top favorite musicians. That's the other news from today. Of course you yeah. heard. Yes, Jason Mraz will be joining the Broadway company of a Waitress. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was going to join your podcast. Oh, if I, only, oh honey bun. If only. Shit. So this is the goal. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, it really probably wouldn't be that hard. You'd be very surprised at how open famous people have been about talking to us. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be very surprised. Um, but, like, kind of for a similar reason that, like, I've seen him in concert twice, and everything about him is, like, spreading positivity and love. Yeah. And, like, you listen to his songs, and they're the same way. And I worked with a photographer once whose wife was his agent. And he was telling me, like, he's exactly who you think he is in person, but, like, when you get to know him, like, he goes to a really dark place first when he's writing songs Mm -hmm. so that he can come out of that and, like, find the real material that's going to be on all the albums. Yeah. So thinking about all of that, I would love to, like, just talk to him. And yeah. what a cutie. Let's objectify He's like him. So He's good looking so too. good looking. Wow, these were all good answers. Right? Good for us. Go team. Good on you, team. Um, are we ready for the thing that happened this week? Yes. I think so. I forgot the song last week. You ready? Oh. The, the thing, thing that, that happened, happened this week. week. Let's do all it. Right, yeah. Rebecca, what happened to you this week? Okay. So, going to work, just like normal, on the train. I live in Harlem, go down to financial district. It is primarily women in media and men in finance. Yep. So, everything's normal, and then all of a sudden, this man starts unbuckling his belt. And my mind automatically goes to, like, he's gonna jack off on the train, which, like, would be disgusting, but... Happens all the Yeah, like, not time. that uncommon. Um, and he's this man, like, he is in a suit, he has nice shoes... This is, I want to be very clear. This is not a homeless man in any way. Then he starts bending down and no one realizes what's happening. And then everyone realizes he is pooping. He is pooping on the train on a seat that he was previously sitting in. Was he wasted? He didn't seem wasted. I mean, I didn't, like, give a breathalyzer. <laughs> I think they No made... citizen's arrest on this one? <laughs> no, literally the people next to him, like, got out of his way because they were like, we don't want your poop on us. Like, there were people sitting right next to him. Um what? He pooped, he pulled his boxers and pants back up. Luckily, he did keep it, like, his front was covered. He only okay. put on the back, so, like, that was actually quite generous of the shitting man on the train. Oh, um, yeah, we didn't think about other people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's something you did right <laughs> in this situation. What? Um, and he pulled them back up. I, I, I He didn't wipe, so, like, that's pretty gross. I, he probably sent it for the rest of the day. Um, and then just got off on the train at the next stop, and, like, his poop was just there. But it was... I think the strangest thing was just the dichotomy of the situation. Like, this looked like a well-groomed... Like, sophisticated... Yeah. I mean, he... a briefcase, He must have been high as fuck, or someone bet him so much money that he would not do this. Or maybe he actually, like, truly... I don't know. Yeah, because I guess if it was a stomach problem, he would have just gone in his pants and, like, been gone home. He got off of Chambers. He got off of Chambers with his briefcase and, like, went to his finance job. Was he, how old was this man? Like in his 40s. 
God, he's, he's a, not he's even a, senile. Guys, he has a wedding ring. Like this man is married too, or pretending to be married. Okay, so what? I was going to say. Okay, so <laughs> on the train car, yeah. the seat they were on either side of him. He was in the middle of the row. No, of seats. he was on an end. He was on an end, like on a C. So he was on the end. Okay. Before, so the people yeah, that were sitting, like perpendicular to him, and the people that were sitting next to him, all got oh up my God. and moved. But he just didn't care. Wait, so what happened when he got off the train and the doors closed? Everyone, no one went back over there, but everyone applauded him getting off the train. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, so weird. But it was, oh no one knew what to do. It was like one of those things where sometimes you'll have these situations, like you know, if there's that one person harassing everyone on the train, mm-hmm. everyone has that moment of like bonding about it because you're like, yeah. Oh. It took us a long time to even have the moment of bonding because it, you didn't realize what he was doing at first. Like he was squatting and he was doing weird things with his belt, and like you could tell that he was taking his pants off. But it just didn't occur to me that that, that would be happening. so yeah. crazy. Well, I think about that moment of bonding, too, because, like, someone, like, oh, most of the time when, like, someone's harassing a person or they're, like, going around acting all, like, mentally not there. Yeah. There's that moment of, like, everyone together being like, okay, we have to have this person's back. Like, we have to have each other's Whoever's back. closest to them. Yeah. yeah. Should anything happen. But when you just see someone that looks completely all together, it's like... Wait, do we, are we, are we even in danger here? Yeah, and I, like, I don't think we were, he didn't talk to any of us, he didn't he say sorry, he didn't acknowledge it. I mean, I bet he really thought he was at his house or something, I mean. That's happened to a friend of mine, like she, like she wasn't the one peeing, but like, <laughs> she woke up to find her roommate peeing on her stuff, <gasps> just because she was that high out of her mind, oh, that she thought like this bin God. was a toilet. I used to, that like, would be a roommate deal breaker for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank God your, no your lovely roommate would <laughs> yeah. never do that. No, absolutely um, not. Honestly, that is that is so crazy. I mean, one time I lived with a guy who, an older, very famous actor, first like house I lived in in New York, I was living with a very famous actor. And just a couple of months before, he had held up a bank with a gun because he thought the bank was his house. He like walked in. He's like old senile man with like early onset dementia. And he walked into the bank and held up the bank not like thinking that people were in his house and he like thought he was coming home yeah so that's the only thing i can think of with this guy on the train is that he must have thought he was was in in his house and that was his bathroom i mean maybe he was so chill about it i mean just so chill so chill but like he was like but he was like squatting per se right he was squatting and he was covering himself up like i feel like he knew people could see him do dudes do that when they go to the bathroom, Ian? Do they sometimes keep their junk covered in the front? Um, or is mean, it, or does it just make no I sense? I don't think full anyone dis- does. That. You gotta I mean, drop trout, right? Or like I like like my, my like my stuff's at like mid thigh or like at the top of the knee. Like okay, you like, got you still gotta like you're because, still sitting on the toilet, yeah, man or like, woman. Weird. That is so weird. So the fact that he was holding the front of his pants to cover him makes me feel like he. Was aware that he was not where he was supposed to or be, like, and people could see him. Or he was high enough to think, like, okay, well, like maybe, like maybe I'm in one of those like shitty bars that has like other people around yeah. the bathroom, and like there's not really a door on this, so like I should just like well, keep myself guarded. What's so crazy to me is that the most base understanding of this is that this guy could be completely normal, and people just some people believe that the subway is just. For everything. I mean, literally for everything. Uh-huh. I've seen people have sex on the subway. I've seen people jack it off. I've seen people pee and piss and whatever. Um, I mean, pee and poop. 
Like I, and then people will like bring full feast meals on. They will bring mm-hmm. all sorts of furniture. And sometimes on, like, someone's eating their full like feast meal next to like the people who are having sex. That's my totally. favorite. Totally, like, totally, totally, totally. It's like, can we make up our minds? So honestly, I mean, it could be far fetched, but this guy could just be doing that around town. I mean, I kind of just took it as the whole world's going to shit, and he really just literally, like, literally just, like, wanted to do DM. this because then thankfully I only had one more stop. But I was like, now these people, until someone figures it out and cleans this train, are going to get on and just have to stare oh, at this right man's shit. Now, did you, I, I don't mean to be rude, but did yeah. you see his shit? Yes. And was it like a normal healthy shit? It wasn't runny, so yeah, like it was like, it was fine. <laughs> okay. It was huh. disgusting. I have I've seen shit on the subway. I haven't seen it, it being deposited. I've seen shit on the platform a lot, but I don't think I've ever seen it in a train car. I've seen a lot of vomit and a lot of pee. You, I mean, you live off the same train line as, as I do, right? Yeah, I was on the seat that day. Yeah, because I remember, like, I know on the A, like, you'll see the same, like, four people between, like, 59th and 125th. Was this an older C? Yeah. See, if it was one of the new C trains, this wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't have happened. happened. Exactly. <laughs> God, that is so. It was a very crazy. weird way to start Wednesday. It was yesterday. It was a very weird way to start Wednesday off. Hump day. Hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. That's what day it is. Uh. <laughs> mommy, mommy. That's what I think of. Mommy. Those two commercials were running yeah. at the same time, and I was yeah. like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. News. Well, wow, Rebecca, that is an incredible thing that happened this week. Yeah, that's one way to put it. I think that's a really great story, and I don't think we've ever had like a story like that on our show. <laughs> No, we have had stories about toilets overflowing. Like, yeah, like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's all your fucking fault. I know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that is so crazy. So, guys, hashtag this week's thing is the is the shit of the matter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah.